five the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is 90.7 WXIN. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Stadium Experience with your host, Jake Ellenson. The show where we talk about the latest and greatest happenings in the world of sports right here on 90.7 WXIN. I'm alone here today, but I welcome you all back for a bold, bold new semester here. And we have quite a bit to talk about. A lot of Patriots stuff, mainly Patriots stuff. Some news on the injury front. I want to dive into the roster a bit, talk about preseason game three. I haven't really had a chance to talk about that. Also, Andrew Luck retiring. I want to, of course, get my thoughts on that. And Gronk. Launching his latest venture today. I have a few stray thoughts here and there that I also want to give out to all of you on that. And if any of this sounds interesting to you and you want to weigh in, do not be afraid to call in at 401-456-8787. Once again, the number to get on the show is 401-456-8787. And with all that out of the way, you are listening to the Stadium Experience with your host, Jake Helmsley. And let's, let's dive right in here and... Welcome, everybody. New semester, new time slot for me. First time I've been out of the late afternoon in this show's entire history. We're going to be going 12 to 2 on Tuesdays for at least foreseeable future. So we'll be adapting to that. Podcasts will still be going up and everything, so you know, we still listen to it at the same time. But new time slot for the time being. And Jordan Moment gone. Very sad about that. He really did morph into, I know we did the send-off last episode we had, but Still morphed into a real, uh, real core fixture of the program here, and he will be—he'll be very, very missed. He'll be deeply missed, deeply gone, but not forgotten down there in Indiana. Hopefully, he'll be able to come back one day. See them get absorbed by corn or grain or whatever that they, whatever they grow down there. We do miss him, but there's still a job to do. Still, still sports to commentate on. Still news to news to be had. News to, opinions to be given. Takes to be spun. Yarns to be woven, and the first thing, and some fairly significant Patriots news that really kind of dropped out of nowhere last night, and that is that David Andrews, I believe it was last night, might have been morning, afternoonish, but either way, David Andrews was admitted to the hospital for blood clotting, which at least as far as I know, I had never, I, I had not heard anything about that. In the meanwhile, I had not heard anything about that previously, but that became an issue. He was admitted to the hospital. He was administered blood thinners, I believe, and he's been released today. Earlier today, I think around 10, 30, 11 o'clock, he was, well, earlier than that, actually, because that was about an hour ago. But he was released from the hospital, and he will most likely, because blood clots are serious business. I don't know a ton about them. Don't know a ton about much medical stuff, but from what I can tell, it is a ser- it is a fairly significant sort of thing, and he will miss extensive time, if not possibly the entirety of the 2019 season. And to kind of get a sense, I guess, of what this means, if you're you know not a not an MD such as I, like me. There was an article that I found while doing my research for the show for Pat's Pulpit that came off Pat's Pulpit for SB Nation that did remind me that in compared it to what happened with a few years ago with Antonio Garcia, who was a third-round pick of the Patriots in the same draft as Derek Rivers, you know, the draft 2017, I think, where they had only four picks, like two-thirds, two-sixths. Antonio Garcia, who they drafted, he was a left tackle. I, I liked the player. I thought he was a cool prospect. I thought that he was a guy that maybe they could mold to eventually replace Nate Solder because I was going into his last year on his contract, and he was most likely – a lot of people felt like he was most likely gone. But anyway, he also had the same sort of issue, and he really barely ever practiced for the Patriots, had the blood clots, lost like – you know, couldn't play, had to go on IR with the NFI, whichever one. He was out of the picture, lost – ton of weight, like 40, 50 pounds. That's my laptop. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to read off of this, but lost 40, 50 pounds, crazy amount of weight, and was off the league on the practice squad with the Colts, I believe. He got brought back with them recently, which I mean, good to see, but still having a hard time kind of getting himself back in the league. I believe he's suspended for PEDs now, and I'm not saying all of that 
is what's going to happen with David Andrews by any means. Like, God, I'm not hitting that panic button on David Andrews, but other than, you know, that I do believe the reports it'll probably miss a bulk of the year, but that is how serious of an issue blood clots can be for an athlete, for an offensive lineman. Like, that's kind of at least the most, I guess, recent patriot to go through that same sort of thing. And obviously, you know, it really quickly made a somebody who was a good prospect turn into a nothing, basically turn into somebody that they couldn't even keep, they couldn't hold on to. I couldn't justify keeping around. I think it was gone after one year. Third round pick, just up in smoke. And luck, you know, and then eventually they were able to luck out and they had Trent Brown and it worked out. But I thought that was, like at the time, I thought that was a, not to rehash all my Antonio Garcia takes, but at the time I thought that was kind of a pretty big, I don't want to say miss because it really, I don't really think it was their fault unless the medical team did something wrong. But I thought that at the time was a decent blow for them just because I wondered who was going to be left tackle. But, you know, like we said, they draft, and then they ended up drafting Isaiah Wynn, who I was apprehensive about. They brought in Trent Brown. We know what happened. But still, so David Andrews is a very big member of this team. Played, I believe, 98 to 99% of the snaps last year. Team captain. Never been named to a Pro Bowl, but, I mean, it's so hard to think if Pro Bowl's real. It's so hard to put a lot of stock in the Pro Bowl for, especially interior O-linemen, because I, people vote for, like, the five guys that they know the names of. So I, I don't put a lot of stock in that, but very, very, you know, at least... Part of the culture of the team, you know, supposedly, I mean, I suppose since he's captain, you know, good locker room guy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then reading the stats, getting ready for this, you know, I do start to realize, and I did start to realize kind of really how good David Andrews really, really is for this team. Just, I'm reading the stats. Last year, he gave up, you know, one sack, four hurries, four hits, and... Obviously, obviously, those are phenomenal numbers. And obviously, and obviously, when you have a 42-year-old quarterback coming into season, what is it, 20, 21? When you have a Where was I going? <laughs> when you have Tom Brady, who's an old, obviously, you want to keep Tom Brady upright. And kind of luckily for the Patriots, you know, going into the, got the left tackle spot, that was the biggest great. And Isaiah Wynn has looked, you know, he wasn't practicing for God knows how long, but then I, I believe Isaiah Wynn did look excellent for the most part in the third preseason game. So I'm, and trust me, I've been like the last, I've been the biggest Isaiah Wynn naysayer from day one. And maybe it's, you know, he's he's uh, the victim of a little bit of uh, collateral damage from being, you know, drafted in the same first round as Sony Michelle. And maybe that, in, in fairness to him, that might have just kind of colored my opinion of that pick as well. That wasn't really looking to be positive on that whole first round by the Patriots after it happened. But still, nevertheless, he's looked good. So at the very least... And I still think he's a question mark, by the way. I'm not willing now to say, oh, well, you know, now they're fine. Oh, Isaiah win. There you go. Lock him in. Great 16 game starter. They're set at left tackle. But I, I do feel better about it than I did before that. I mean, how, how, how could I not? I mean, God, you have to think if you haven't seen the guy play a single snap and you've barely seen the guy practice the entire time he's been here, just the fact that he played and didn't look like, looked like a left tackle, looked like an NFL football player, has to make you feel better. So I guess... But I do feel, you know, I feel I feel better about it. But now, with that center spot becoming a question mark now, with David Andrews potentially being out for the year and definitely being out for a long time, it's – I'm still sort of trying to work through my reaction to it because on one hand, obviously, once again, David Andrews. Well, on one hand, I want to say, I want to be like, oh, well, you know, they – They've worked guys into those O-line spots before, all the time, especially with Skarnecchia there, yada, yada, yada. You've heard, you know, you've heard every, every freaking 
go Skarnecchia take in the world. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, don't I, I feel like my listener base, you know, is beyond needing to hear that, needing to have that deeply explained to them. Trust you people. <laughs> but there is a part of me that wants, well, they'll figure somebody out, you know, before David, you know, David Andrews was an undrafted free agent. They were able to work him. They were able to work him up now to the, you know, the sort of player that he is. And before, and I promise I'm not going to list every single, you know, late round O-lineman or late, you know, I'm not going to list every late round O-lineman or every undrafted free agent who the Patriots have made into a real player, but talk about the center spot. You know. Obviously, you know, David Andrews, undrafted guy, they worked him up, you know, captain team, yada, 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 you know, qu quintessential Patriot, yada, yada, yada. Before him... Brian Stork. Everybody remembers Brian Stork. He was a fourth-round pick. He was here, played two years, seemed fine. Seemed fine. Did, did Brian Stork win a Super Bowl ring? We got forgot sakes. Brian Stork might have actually won a Super Bowl ring. The more I think about it, the more I try and uh, try and look at it. But either way, no, he he was here. They were, you know, they. I mean, the the. The machine didn't stop spinning. The old Patriots. Yeah, you know, Patriots death machine kept going and they were fine. And then before him, you had Ryan Wendell, Dan Connolly. Like they've, always, they've always walked by. They've never, you know, they've, that's never been something that they've really invested much in. To my knowledge, I don't believe Ryan Wendell was a high draft pick. But either way, there is a part of me that wants to say, oh, they're the Patriots, you, know, you know, basically the party just wants to say, oh, they're the Patriots, they'll figure it out. Now, there's nobody that they have at that spot. Yeah, God, Brian Wendell was undrafted. Jesus Christ. <laughs> just the one part of me that didn't want that one at uh, Twitter, at Jake R. Elmsley, by the way. But part of me that wants to just go, oh, they're the Patriots. Yeah, they're working out. Da, 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 da. On the other hand, A, I don't want to discount because I, I I feel like that can get a little disingenuous sometimes with Patriots fans. People talk about the Patriots yada yada because I don't want to discount how good of a player David Andrews is. Once again, I read you the numbers. Allowed one sack last year, four hits, four hurries, which, mind you, the sack numbers aren't necessarily quite as impressive for uh, for a center because obviously they just face I guess less pass rush than maybe your tackles do, but nevertheless, he was also apparently good in run blocking. I mean, I, I, re I read the metrics for that. <laughs> they look good, and obviously the Patriots running game was able to pick itself up. Down the stretch last year, was able to become an important part of the team. But, right, but the part, yeah, the part of me that is more apprehensive about that, and the more I think about it, what has sort of always been the kryptonite of the Patriots, kind of the way to get to Tom Brady has always been the best way to rattle Tom Brady, to rattle the Patriots, to throw this team out of rhythm and affect their ability to do the things they want to do on offense. It's always, the best way has always been, or at least one of the best ways, one of the core, I guess, ingredients. You know, one of the things that those Giants teams had, one of the things that those, I don't know if the Ravens teams necessarily had it, but still, one of the things that's always helped you against Patriots. One thing that the Rams definitely had, you know, they didn't end up winning, but has always been sort of that ability to rush from the interior, to get to Tom Brady from the outside. Because Tom Brady's, you, last year the numbers kind of, his, his ability to fend off outside pass rush, kind of the number, numbers fell down, but really most of his numbers fell down last year, but that was, that was a notable one. But still, traditionally, being able to come at him from the inside has been kind of the that's been one of the ways to try to that can limit the effectiveness of Tom Brady. And he's getting older. Like I said, you know, the numbers did drop last year. I do think he has diminished to a certain degree. Now, we'll see coming into this year. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. Maybe he'll go on a tear. But he did, you know, down the stretch last season, he didn't feel like the same player. And he had, trust me, he had moments like the Kansas City game where he took it over and the tail end of the Super Bowl and yada, yada. Like st I'd, I'd still not rather have any quarterback, but... I acknowledge that. I acknowledge the 
felt like there was a bit of a diminishing. And with that, that is a far away. Just anything that can basically, I mean, A, just losing your best cent- losing your starting center is bad for any team and their ability to stop the pass rush, obviously. But then especially for this team that really thrives, that really can operate at full capacity when they can fend off that inside pass rush. Yeah. Losing David Andrews, losing your center, that is obviously a big deal and maybe a bigger deal from the Patriots than it might even be for a lot of other teams. So we'll see. And then the guy's in line to replace him because I was happy with the draft this year. They did draft a couple of O-linemen I liked. I liked K-Justy, K-Just as a pick. I, liked, I just like the fact that they invested in getting those developmental O-linemen overall. They, would, they invested in the Swedish guy, whose name I can't pronounce, Nordl Folkla, whatever his name is. They brought him in, but neither of them are centers. I looked at neither of them have ever played center, and it looks like, at least for the foreseeable future, because they're not, they're not going to go out and trade for somebody. I don't think there's anybody out there worth trading for, for one thing, because there are, I don't know, like a handful of good old linemen in the NFL at this point. And I doubt that they would, and I wouldn't, I don't think they'd want to you know, train somebody in their system, get somebody integrated, get somebody integrated with Brady. God, with once again, I mean, the timing of this is probably one of the biggest things that sucks about it. There's just, we're week out from the season, and <laughs> now they find us out. So, you know, looks like the guy in line would be Ted Karras, who started in his career seven games for the Patriots. Around that. Played a little bit spot starts here and there. He's played at center a few times. So, yeah, I mean, that, you know, that feels like the safe thing to say he's the guy. And by the way, <laughs> he's not only the biggest benefactor of this David Andrews injury because obviously he gets the start now. I thought he wasn't going to make the team. I was pretty convinced that Ted Karras wasn't going to make the team because I was, you know, they were going to keep and we'll get more into kind of how I feel like the roster is going to shake out in the next segment probably, or if not that, at some point during the show. Yeah, Ted Karras, I didn't think it was going to be one of the eight old linemen that I had making the team, and now now he's a starter, so, you know. Opportunity is always there, people. Never <laughs> never lose faith. Something can always happen, I guess. Not to say you should hope your coworkers get blood clots and have to be hospitalized, but nevertheless. So, yet yeah, the more I look at it, I'm not. No, I am a bit apprehensive about it. I am. I do think that this, like, it, this could end up being kind of a sneaky, not, a, not even a sneaky, not even a sneaky, but I do think that, you know, this is a, this is a blow for the Patriots. This is a big blow for the Patriots. And I'm, you know, I don't want to sit here and just do all oh, that. The Patriots will figure it out. I don't like doing that. If I don't, if I don't believe it, I mean, sometimes I just believe it. <laughs> sometimes I just, I just honestly, I genuinely just believe that they can just, they can overcome this. But this is one thing they'll have to work. They'll have to work to this. I, this might impact their ability. You know, this, this will impact their ability to run the football, which is obviously something they've been gearing up to try and emphasize more this year than they maybe have in years past. So, and that, of course, then trickles back down, impacting Brady and maybe their attempts to either take some of the load away from him because they think he might diminish or just keep some of the load off of him so he's fresher come the end of the year, whatever, you know, whatever the goal is. I don't know exactly what it is, and we can speculate on that, and I have speculated on that. We'll be speculating on that all year. Don't worry, that'll that'll come. But this is something that, yeah, like this is something I think can will hurt this team in some ways. And obviously, once again, you lose that leadership, you lose that, you lose that player, and you and I hope that this doesn't turn into them losing the player for a few years, or if this is real significant, he comes back and he's lost a bunch of weight. And he has to try to gain it all back. And, you know, maybe he has to end up like Tony Garcia got popped for PEDs. I believe for this season he's suspended to start this season, which I don't blame him at all for taking the PEDs for one thing with obviously everything he had to go through and trying to work his way back. I don't knock the guy at all. And I would have knocked David Andrews if he was in a similar situation. But obviously something like that maybe puts him in a position to. Do that. Like that, like that's some wild speculation, but nevertheless, like I hope that this is 
contains itself to at least, if anything, only being a problem for the 2019, the 2020 season. But I, I don't know if it's something that can be chronic, but I, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's kind of one of those things that is constantly reoccurring, but I guess we'll just, we'll, we'll see. This will continue to be monitored, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll just, we'll see what they do. And I guess in preseason game four, it gives you one more thing to watch for. See how Ted Karras, pay bigger attention to Ted Karras now that, you know, the, Ted Karras. So, anyway, well, anyway, though, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to dive into some, we're going to some Gronk news. Some new, some new, uh, some new updates on the Gronk front. I have a few thoughts on those. And we might, maybe that one will start kind of uh, decompressing from the bulk of the offseason being over and done with now and start talking about how the final roster is looking to shape up, at least for the start of the season. Anyway, though, you are listening to the Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley on 90.7 WXIN, and we'll be back in just a minute. WXIN, Stadium Experience. Jake Elmsley still here. Coming up to the bottom of the 12 o'clock, of the noon hour. 12 o'clock hour, noon hour. Still getting used to this new time slot. But anyway, we've been talking David Andrews up to this point. We still talk David. We're going to transition away from that. But of course, if you want to dive, if you still want to talk about that or any other Patriots topic, phone line always open, 401-456-8787. Once again, the phone number to get on the show is 401-456-8787. And with that, we dive into something else. And really, I didn't even hear about it until today. Trying out a little bit of new rejoin music. Not sure how I feel about that one. We'll, we'll keep that. Keep you guys updated on, obviously, my thought process on those. But today, when I was driving in, basically, I heard that Rob, that Gronk was making, I guess, what I think was scheduled a week ago. He was making his, you know, his big next career announcement. And then he came out. He came, he came out and he did the thing. I don't remember what it was. It was around what was it today? It's around ten o'clock, eleven o'clock today. And he announced his announcement was about the next chapter in his life, and what that turned out being. To all of you out there, you know that there was a good good chunk of Patriots fans who were half convinced he was announcing his return, which this would be bizarre way to do that, <laughs> bizarre time to do that, and also. Bizarre, considering that he retired, what, a month ago? A month ago? But nevertheless, he came out and he announced that he is partnering with Abacus Health, which is, I guess, a health company, to launch a line of CBD products, which is effectively a, CBD, I believe, is a, it's not quite medical marijuana, but I, it's like uh, I had it explained to me as diet weed, which I did. I, I haven't had time to really dive in on that. But from what I can tell, yeah, it's diet weed, and that's what Gronk's doing. And he's launching this, and he's launching, he's launching a line of products. I guess I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's going to be you know, you know, uh, CBD edibles with Gronk's face on them. I I don't know. I, I don't it could be naming strands. I I have no idea. I really, I have, I have no clue, but he talked about it and he talked at one point, I couldn't find the audio of this, which I'm sad about because it sounded like it was good audio. He talked about how after the Super Bowl, basically there was one collision where he got just hit hard in the calf and behind the crowd in the quad. And then it was, it was internal bleeding in the leg and he couldn't sleep for like two weeks, more than 20 minutes. And after the Super Bowl, he went home and he cried himself to sleep because he was in so much pain and it was. It was hard stuff, and he went on, I don't know if it was before or after this, but he was also asked basically about his, or he at least addressed it, he talked about his history, he talked about his, you know, his thought process in retiring, his thought process about potentially ever returning to the game, and you can slice this a couple of different ways, and I'll play you the full audio, it's about two minutes in length, it's a little longer than a normal cut, but I, it's a good cut, and this is, yeah, this is Rob Gronkowski at his kind of his ab, 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 abacus, abacus, CBD partnership announcement, and here it is. Patriot fans, I love all my fans. I love Patriot fans. And wherever I go, Patriot fans always ask, am I coming back when I'm coming back? Where am I coming back? I'm walking across the street, and they're like, you're walking because you're coming back. <laughs> and, I'm, 
It's crazy. I understand. I, I feel that love. But I want to be clear to my fans. I needed to recover. I was not in a good place. Football was bringing me down. And I didn't like it. And I was losing that joy in life. Like, the joy. I'm sorry right now, but, oh. <laughs> dang, let me, oh. I really was. And I was fighting through it. And I knew what I signed up for, and I knew what I was fighting through. And I knew I just have to fix myself. And I believe I have the tools. I have the people around me. I have CBD medic team around me now to help me to deal with my pain whenever I need it, whenever during a workout, whatever it is, so I, I can do the most safe, alternative way for myself. And I believe I have the great people around me to get to where I need to get to in life. Yes, I'm on the right path to where I am now. And I got a lot farther to go. And I feel great, and I am pain-free. But I truly believe I can get to another level with my body. And I'm just in the stage, first stage right now. And when that time comes down in the future, if I have the desire to play football again, if I feel passionate about football again, if I'm feeling like I need to be out there on the field, I will go back to football. But as of right now, that is not the case. It could be the case in six months. It could be the case in two years. It could be the case in three years. It could be the case in three months. But I truly don't see it in the foreseeable future in like a week or a month. And I'm going to keep yeah. <laughs> No. So, yeah, that was Gronk. They were talking about his feelings and... And a part of me wants to say, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of powerful stuff talking about, you know, not wanting to play football anymore and losing his passion for the game, yada, et cetera, et cetera. Part of me wants to look at that and go, oh, that's that's moving stuff. And then also he goes, yeah, I don't see myself coming back in the foreseeable future, like in a week or a month. So there's a part of me that's annoyed, that's almost annoyed that he had to come out and say some of that because now I feel like that just emboldens the, oh, Gronk will come back crowd. That exists out there, but because I, I just don't, I just I, I, that's something that I will believe when I see it, and that's something that I, I just, I, I don't, I don't think is going to happen. I don't think that Gronk is going to come back, but nevertheless, he is keeping the door open, and at least for a while, I felt like the him keeping the door open, you know, all the little jabs he'd say about maybe and this and that, at least being mysterious about it. A lot of that felt. At least when I was reading it or when I was seeing it reported, a lot of that felt kind of fake to me. I think he was just trying to, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to say keep himself in the news, but yeah, you know, you do, you say you're going to make an announcement against your next chapter and you haven't definitively said you're not coming back. You're going to get the Patriot fans' eyeballs on that. But, you know, hearing him speak, I do, yeah, I, I, I believe him more. I feel like he sa- he does sound... More genuine, I guess. I feel, you know, being truthful, maybe one day Gronk does come back. You know, he's only 30. Like, he could wait. Like, if he waited two years, he'd come back and he'd be 32. So it wouldn't be entirely out of the realm of possibility, I suppose. Which, once again, is kind of annoying because now I just feel like it puts more kindling on that fire of this being that this will now remain something that at least is talked about in the periphery for the next two to three years is, oh, well, maybe Gronk will come back. Oh, Gronk responded at the facility. Oh, maybe Gronk's coming. Oh, Gronk and Brady were playing catch. Oh, maybe Gronk's coming back. Now we got to put up with that. Man, we got to put up with that. So, you know, th- thank- thanks, Gronk. Th- thanks, Rob. But kind of really my, um, and I, d- I did look up a little more in the CBD during that, during that break, during, uh, while it was playing. So I'm an expert now. Yeah, it's basically it's like a weed extract. It's, it's like a cannabis. It's like an, a part of cannabis. So, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's weed, basically. It's a diet weed. Call, keep calling it diet weed. I like that. So, <laughs> my first thought, God, when I started reading about this, I saw this was a big announcement was, oh, God, Tom got to him. Oh, God, Brady got to him. Now, now Gronk is out here with his own, you know, weird alternative sports science thing here <laughs> sports health science and i mean that al- that alone is just kind of like I, I don't know maybe you know, i don't know if he is just following tom because obviously he's like this is a guy who's had to try everything under the sun 
to keep himself healthy. And if it's working for him, then it's working for him. Like, he looks like he's dropped a lot of weight. I mean, every, people were talking about that about a month ago. Like, he had, a, like he's looked like he's dropped a lot of weight. And, I mean, if he does feel like if that, I would think that alone might just be enough to make him feel better. But if, if he believes in these CBD people, I that's his thing, you know. It's also like I kind of always say with Brady, too. Like, I don't, I don't need to believe in your weird health science. And I'm not saying that this CBD thing is weird health science. I'm still looking into it. But even if whether or not it is, I don't, I personally do not need to believe in your health recovery science thing. What I want is I want you to believe in it. Because if you believe in it, that makes it more effective. Even if it's just a placebo. Like, like it's like I always say. If Al- I think Alex Guerrero is a witch doctor like a lot of other people do. I don't think that guy knows a hint of what he's talking about. But, you know, if it makes Brady feel better in his head, like that's half the battle because all these guys are injured all the time. These guys are all in constant pain the whole season. But if mentally something at least makes them feel like they've healed, then that is, that is worth it. That is worth all the concussion water in the world. So Gronk following Brady this. And then another thing I started thinking about, and a take that's kind of been stewing in the back of my head that this, I think, at least gave at least more completion to is how good was Gronk really for the TB12 brand? Because at the time when... Brady brought on Gronk, and Brady, yeah, and Gronk became a part of it, and Gronk was subscribing to it, and he was out in training camp talking about, oh, yeah, Brady's cooking all my meals in the locker room, like, it's great, yada, yada, yada. You know, that was the thing I looked at, I said, well, if that, you know, if if they are able to make Gronk stay healthy and stay effective, you know, that will be another, that'll reflect well on the TV 12 brand. That will reflect well on the brand, well on Brady's methods, and I guess Alex Guerrero, yada, yada, yada. And then I started thinking that after he, he did, he did say healthier, and he did seemingly say he stayed pliable, but I don't put much stock in what he said, but he stayed healthy for the most. He missed five games in the two years that he was you know, on the program for, which isn't great, which isn't great for a player, but for Gronk, that was pretty good. Like, that was an improvement upon what really the deal had been previously but on the other hand, he didn't look great last year until the very tail end. So it's not like they gave him the magic juice and made him, you know, and he was only 29. So it's not like they were making an old man effective. Like you had a 29-year-old player and their methods didn't get him back to his peak. You know, the methods did not get Gronk back to his best, which maybe just didn't exist anymore because of all the injuries, which is fine. But I don't really know if Gronk being on the plan really proved a lot about the TB12 method. And then that's kind of what's it, something that's kind of be, been getting thrown around in my head. And that coupled with, you know, the fact that almost has you know, Edelman went on the plan. And then well, I think the next offseason got popped for steroids, which I don't know if they were giving him steroids there in the TB12 facility at Gillette Stadium. But the question was there. I mean, they all denied it, but I like it's there. You know, you're. Two, so your two highest profile clients, besides Tom Brady, were Gronk, who was meh while he was on the method, and Edelman, who got popped for steroids. And then he came back, and he was great, and he won the Super Bowl MVP, but still, I, you know, I attribute that a little more to the steroids than anything else. So you had those two, and that's kind of been stewing around. And then, and then you have Gronk come out and basically say that Oh, yeah, I know. Before I switched to the CBD thing, constant pain all the time. And then I switched to these guys and these guys now. I feel great. Oh, these trainers, they're medical people. I feel great. Which I which what he which was kind of what he was saying about TB12. But now it's the CBD people. So is that sort of. And I'm not saying is it an indictment on me personally believing in one way or the other the legitimacy of the TB12 brand, the TB12 method and all that, because I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know about it. But does it, you know, in the eye of the public, or at least 
in the eyes of Brady, is that kind of not necessarily an intentional shot against him and his methods, but yeah, is it sort of a shot against the effectiveness of that? And does that obviously Gronk's not on the team anymore, so it doesn't affect his relationship with Gronk as a member of the team. So I don't care about their friendship. I don't care if they're cold to each other. I don't care. He's on the team. It doesn't affect that. But I, I don't know. What does that do to Brady mentally, I guess? Does that become another motivator to Brady just to keep performing and keep playing? Because you know what? If none of my clients, they're not making the brand look better, I got to keep making the brand look better. So does that keep Brady around longer or longer than he's already planning to? Is that just another thing in the pro keep playing till I'm 45 column? Does that make Brady feel the need to go get other high-profile NFL clients, other high-profile Patriots clients? Because I don't feel like, I mean, I think Edelman's still doing it, but he's certainly not talking about it. Maybe they asked him to, you know, maybe they go have a hush-hush TB12 client. But, yeah, does that, you know, does Brady start maybe feeling more of the need to go get more players. And does that accelerate that? You know, that has never been a great thing for the cohesion of the team. But I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't think, like I said, this is kind of something that's been skulking about in my head. And I feel like now is as good a time as any to put it on the table. But yeah, I mean, that just, there is, that's kind of the little, kind of the secondary thing to this Gronk announcement that I just personally, find interesting and then after that this wasn't WWE this wasn't some kind of acting thing or I don't know does this 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 crash leak still exist is his Nickelodeon show is that is that still a thing is that uh, is, is that still a thing it's crash leak still let me look this up crash leak this crash leak still a thing he left. He left the show. Okay, so Gronk le- left the show. And I guess they just kept the other two because I know it was some dude and some some lady. And that's that's all I know. Just some just some dude and some lady and then Gronk. But I guess Gronk left. So he's not doing that anymore. So was it some kind of show? Like, you know, Gronk doing his sitcom, like a reality show. I, it wasn't any of that. And something I have kind of started thinking about is the more I think about it, I don't really know what, because he was also rumored to be, that he was going to be on Dancing with the Stars, and then that didn't end up being a thing, and instead they have Ray Lewis and Lamar Odom, and they got Sean Spicer on this season of Dancing with the Stars. It's a real uh, real who's who. But, I start, like, what is the crossover appeal of Gronk like what is the serious like national media crossover appeal of Gronk does he does he really matter to non-giant football fans non-giant football fans and non Patriots fans And I don't know what that is. Like, I don't know if, you know, a, you know, a couple of kids and a couple of folks, I don't know, whatever, whatever they are, folks in Iowa are going to tune in because Gronk, you know, Meet the Gronks is coming on. Or if... I, I don't. I, I. I. I have no no qualification to talk about wrestling, but I. I mean, I. Th- I think. I think. I think it'd be good in that, but that's that's an entity. Like you can be a nobody and get big doing that. So I don't know if that really qualifies because that's a known thing, existing thing, does its own. You know. But if Gronk kind of launches his own, if he was to launch his own thing, what would you know? Because I don't. I don't think he can act. Like I don't. I don't. I don't I've been given nothing to indicate that he'd actually be. You know. A good actor. So you'd be putting him in stuff if he's going to do a movie or something. Because he's, you know, he's who he is. And you hope that his stature and his his status carries him and makes it, you know, makes people want to see your movie or watch your show or 
whatever. Maybe it is a Netflix thing. I guess. You know, I mean, now I think about it, maybe like maybe Meet the Gronks would be a great Netflix thing. They can just do anything for any niche. I, I, I don't I don't know though. Like, so does you know does he does he want to try and be the next Rock? Like, is that? Is that his plan? I don't. I don't know. And just the more I think about it, I don't. Because I don't. I don't think I would. Well, I wouldn't care about a stupid TV show. Honestly, like I. I might watch it once. See if there's any good audio to drop for you know this show or something. But I mean, I wouldn't be like, oh boy, like got it, got to got to watch it. You know, appointment viewing. So I don't. I, is your audience just hoping that you know the giant diehard? Patriots fans are just going to be enough to carry a show, which I, which they're not. Like that, that those people just aren't enough to carry an actual TV show. So I don't, I do, or enough to you know, get a movie to do well enough in the box office to be worth it. So I don't. I really don't know if he does. Decide to break in entertainment because maybe maybe he doesn't. Maybe maybe the people just maybe that's just being conjecture from a bunch of people, which is fully possible. But I don't know what the crossover appeal is of him just to media and him in having to now hold the attention of a national non-football fan audience. So. Uh, maybe, like I said, not, the more I talk about it, I start to think maybe it's a good Netflix thing. Get him and all his brothers and give him a little Netflix show and nobody will watch it. And then it's fine. It's gone. Nobody ever remembers it existed. Like maybe that's the move, but yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It is a tough one. But those are my thoughts on the Kronk CBD thing. So we can kind of move back to some other stuff here. The obviously the third preseason game ended, and a lot of good. I think. I mean, obviously this this preseason has, on balance, the Patriots have looked great all preseason. The fourth game's coming up on Thursday against the Giants. Not not a lot to watch for. Like I said, you want to pay attention to Ted Karras? Go for it. But you got your first look at Brady. He looked okay. Brady looked fine. He didn't look like he was on target with. Jacoby Myers, which I do think is somewhat significant because obviously he's kind of been the the bell of the ball of you know, Patriots training camp coverage and him, and he's looked great in the other two preseason games. But as I usually sort of do with these undrafted players, with these undrafted rookies, is even if they look good in practice, even if they look good in the early preseason games against, you know, the twos and the threes of the other teams, I do worry if, and even if he, because he just seems like he's smart, he seems like he's picking up the playbook, and that's not the issue, and he's has a good attitude, et cetera, et cetera. I just wonder if, you know, the fear is to me, though, how will he look when he's against NFL starting-level talent? It, was there just a, was the reason that this guy fell so far and wasn't drafted? Is it just a pure talent-level thing? Is he able to, you know, get separation against starting caliber players? Is he able to, you know, run effective routes against, you know, these starting caliber guys? And in the first game, he didn't, he didn't look great when he was out there with Brady. And then, you know, the twos start to filter in. Stidham comes in, you know, a lot, a lot of the starters for the Panthers sit down. Then he just starts performing again. He just starts lighting it up again, like almost immediately, like a, Abruptly, like, oh, boom, Kobe Myers back on track, you know, back moving in. That's scary because if the guy just doesn't have the talent, obviously that's not great because they want to get, because it feels like they're hope, like they are really aiming to get something out of this guy. Now, and obviously the receivers have been talked about a lot. And Josh Gordon, since last time we spoke, Josh Gordon has, since last time I spoke to all of you, Josh Gordon has come back and Josh Gordon has, been reinstated and he didn't play in this game, but he started practicing, I think like yesterday or the day before yesterday, him and Demarius Thomas, both actually back on the field for the Patriots. And maybe Josh Gordon 
plays in the fourth preseason game, I honestly, I wouldn't rule that out. I don't think that's impossible. I don't think that would be a terrible idea. So that could be something that... ends up happening, but... I am, you know, I am, I think that the love that the Patriots receiver core suddenly started getting after Josh Gordon came back, kind of, and they've got all these guys back, kind of, once like Edelman's come back to practice, like something like the new, the wave of guys, the wave of injured guys is coming back almost all within a couple of days of one another. And that, you know, it does make the core look better because obviously, I mean, I never really believed that Josh Gordon was going to be back anytime soon, honestly. I thought they were just going to keep stringing him along you know, suspended, commissioners exempt, whatever it's been. I was kind of convinced that he was just going to be gone for a long time. So I'm happy to see him back. I'm happy that they let him out. And even though I, and I didn't love, and I didn't love Josh Gordon and what he did with the Patriots while he played last year. I think they forced it to him a lot. I don't think he looked like he was fully in shape. I don't think he was fully in sync with them. But I then hope that maybe with the full offseason, he could come and look better. And the big issue is he's not getting that. He's at least been around the team and hopefully been studying the playbook. Even in his time off, even in his time suspended from the team. So hopefully we will get a better version of Josh Gordon than we got last year. But even then, I just, I don't know. I, I, I need to see it. But he's at least there. I mean, Nikhil Harry has not looked great. He's been hurt most of the time. So he's... You know, like I said, the fear is, you know, most Patriots rookie receivers, they don't they don't do anything. So I don't know if there's anything that they're gonna get out of him. Now the bright spot and the bright spot when Brady was out at least was Philip Dorsett, who him and Brady looked like they like him and Brady looked like they had linked up. You know, I, I could attribute some of Jacoby Myers' struggles to him and Brady just not communicating. There were a few routes look like he went the wrong way or he didn't go he didn't do what Brady wanted him to do and they weren't linked up, which maybe wouldn't be a problem if Brady showed up to OTAs, but whatever. But we persist. He but him and Philip, like Philip Dorsett, he looked good. And I mean, Philip Dorsett, I think, definitely makes his team. For the love of God. I think he almost certainly makes the team now. You know, that'll make our good friend Kenny Doyle very happy. Biggest fan of Phil, president of the Philip Dorsett fan club. That one. But I still am apprehensive about Edelman, about his ability to come back. So just I still like I I have not bought into all the love for the Patriots receiving core, and especially when you lump in the tight end group, which doesn't exist, <laughs> which they're all either suspended or suck or both. But. Lance Kendrick suspended for one game, which I'm almost happy about because I think that opens up their ability to keep another receiver or at least one more week. They can push the decision on one tight end or a sixth or seventh receiver down the line, kick that can down the line another week. Think about it. I think it also affects their cap space, actually. How big his cap hit is him being suspended. For the one week, but... He's out. Lacoste has looked okay, and then he's been hurt, and he's been okay. I don't like. like I am kind of considering the tight end when I talk about the receiver group, but nevertheless, I think six receivers make this team. You know, now that they've activated Demarius Thomas, which I don't really know why they did, but I do. I I do think that does kind of throw a wrench into things. Because I would think I I thought the idea was to keep him on the pup list basically as long as possible while you feel out. Who's who, who, who's going to stick with the team past, you know, the first couple of weeks, but. Because not, none of this is final. I, we have to talk about, we have to acknowledge that first. I say final roster, but it's not even, like, la God, last year, what I say? Oh, I want Barrios and Ryan Griffith. To, I think his name was Ryan Griffith. Ryan Griffith to make the team. I want them both on the team. I wanted Ryan Griffith to make the team. I wanted the young receiver there. Made the team. I was happy. Week one, muffs the punt. Gone. And I had no problem with him. All right, get him out of there. He's about to punt. He sucks. Get him out of there. Bad idea. Shouldn't have done that. And then he was gone. Because the roster is never final. And then eventually they wound up with Josh Gordon. 
But terms the receiver spot, I think that's the most contentious spot, or at least I think it's the spot that I think that's the biggest spot to keep your eye on. Because there's the most going on there, and there's the most at risk there if that they can't get that right. But I mean, I, Edelman obviously makes a team. Dorsett makes a team. Josh Gordon makes a team. Nikhil Harry makes a team. Jacoby Myers makes a team. And then they already cut Hurst, which I think was the right decision. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really have him making the team. But then that, if they want to carry six, which I think they almost definitely will, just if anything, just because I don't think they have three tight ends they're going to want to carry. Like Watson is suspended. Kendricks is suspended. Like I said, kind of good for them. So, I mean, Lacoste makes a team. I think he's looked decent when he played. He's. Ryan Izzo looked okay in the third game, so I think maybe he might have at least earned himself at least that a week one roster spot. I think they'll carry two times. I, mean, I don't think they have any reason not to, so I think Ryan Izzo at least played himself into a week one spot. And then other than that, I, Steven Anderson? Yeah. The guy they traded for the Falcons for? I don't even remember his name. Don't care about him. I don't think they care about him. So... I think they definitely at least carry six receivers, but then is that sixth guy? Do they carry Demarius Thomas? Do they carry Braxton Berrios? And I think I pre I prefer Braxton Berrios because I, I just don't believe in Demarius Thomas. I mean, I just think he's washed up. He didn't look great last year. Coming off the torn Achilles now, like, uh, uh, no. Not that Berrios lit it up last year, but, I mean, he's a rookie, so maybe, you know, he... He has that kind of that second-year jump that Patriots receivers sometimes have because I just I, I would rather they keep the young guy also the guy who can play on special teams. I believe he can return. They've had that Gunner kid, Gunner Ojewansiyam. But I just think he's just – I just think by the numbers he's not going to make the team. So I don't want Edelman returning. So maybe maybe it's Barrios. Like maybe I, – I, I would like to see them keep him, I think. He's, and I think they need to keep that six just to keep their options open. Just because, yeah, like if it turns out that nope, Jacoby Myers does actually just kind of suck. You have Barry, like I just keep your options open there. And I just I don't think anybody's gonna be out there claiming Demarius Thomas. And maybe you bring him back later on. I just I don't know. I just I lean more towards you know, the 23-year-old who can play on special teams. And could be their second slot receiver. Because frankly, they have a lot of really big receivers. Gordon, Harry, Jacoby Myers, even. I think, is Jacoby, I think Jacoby Myers is big. Like, they're all big guys. So Edelman's really the only slot, slot type guy. And I think Philip Dorsett can play in there as well. But I think, you know, just having Braxton Barrow is kind of like your second dedicated slot type guy. Like, it's just, it just works. Instead of Demarius Thomas, who I don't know what he can do anymore. I have no idea. So him and that other than that, it's like that's those are your skill position players. Like I just I don't suddenly look at that now that Josh Gordon is back when it was always a chance to be back, and now suddenly they go, oh ho, ho. now they're cooking with something there. Those Patriots receivers. Now they uh, now they got it going on there. You know, now they uh Now they have now they got something. So I, I mean, and then otherwise, I mean, they, they cut Mike Pinnell, who you know a lot of people thought was actually going to turn into a guy for them. He's gone now. Brian Cowart looked good in the preseason. He had some he had some password chops. Good. I mean, he was a draft pick. He was a guy that we talked about with Alex Barth forever ago, who I'm going to try and have him on next week to kind of do the real final roster projections and really preview week one, which is, we got a week from Sunday. <laughs> like, we're starting the season starting. Which is, like, it's happening, baby. Like, week a week from Sunday. Football season will begin. Like, I don't have a lot to talk about that I want to see in preseason game four, so I'm just kind of powering through it. But we'll do the whole nine yards. We'll do the predictions. I'll preview it. I'll try and get, once again, I'll try and get Alex Barth on, or I'll try and get Joe on, or just somebody. And 
Yeah, well, we will look into that sucker. Don't you worry, but yeah, I mean, he's gone, so Cowart's in. Like, otherwise, like, like, the linebacker group is strong. You know, secondary looks good. I don't, like, I, you know, the Patrick Chung thing, obviously, him being indicted for cocaine, which God, I almost forgot about. I mean, that throws a wrench in there. I do think that they're a little thinner at safety than the overall strength of the secondary, you know, makes them look, but I mean, we'll see what happens there, but anyhow, I think that about does it here. There it is. I think that about does it for us here on our first show of the semester. Not the first show since the end of the year. We did the show all summer, everybody, but first show of the semester. It's been good. New time slot. I kind of like it. I feel like I'm a little more energetic at this time of day. I haven't gone through my whole, all my meetings and everything. I'm still a little livelier right now, so I've enjoyed this. And we will be back next week, Tuesday, noon to 2. Once again, noon to 2, right here on 90.7 WXIN. You've been listening to the Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley, and we will see you all next time.